This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains no spoilers to our knowledge, but mentions The Mummy, the MCU, Bridgerton specifically with Netflix Season 1, and 10 Things I Hate About You. For full list, please see our show notes. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are so excited to discuss A Knight's Tale. Oh my gosh, this came out in 2001. And it is very interesting that we are recording this. So we are recording this because uh, Jessica Marie and I have been friends for over 20 years and in a conversation, it came <laughs> up that you had never seen this, and that derailed the conversation, and we uh, agreed right then and there that we had to watch this immediately. This is easily, I think we were just talking about before before when we were recording, this would have been one of those movies that if we didn't, it's always been around, I've always wanted to see it, but I've never actively sat down and watched it and if we weren't going to do an episode we were probably going to do how we did empire records where you're like you're flying out we're having a weekend or we're just gonna binge movies all weekend which i'm not opposed to that either so i feel like laura just keep a roster going and we'll do that (laughs) i do i do have i have a list i have a list going so what did you know about this movie going in um i knew I, i knew nothing i knew it was a medieval piece. I knew Heath Ledger. I knew that there was like this iconic dance sequence. And then that's all I really knew. And one thing I really like about period pieces in general, um, most of the time is that no matter when they come out, you could still pretty much watch them all the time. That was it. I, I, pre- I really did go in blind. I had no idea. Oh, and the and the Smasher pass that you sent me of TikTok the other day. <laughs> yeah, of the of, of the whole pass. And and this is my opinion. This is only my opinion. Uh, everyone plays like Smasher pass with the Mummy cast, and that cast is obviously just like god tier. Smash, 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 smash. Yeah, <laughs> but I will also say that the cast of A Knight's Tale is also a nice variety of Smash, Smash, Smash. Um, Heath, Paul, uh, Jocelyn. Paul Bettany's little butt. I wonder if it was actually his butt. It was actually. Oh, I didn't know if it was a butt double. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually his butt filmed on the first day in front of a bunch of extras in the Czech Republic. Yes. Uh, Paul. So that was going to be my question, though, was what was your reaction as a Marvel fan to seeing Vision's ass? I thought that was my reaction. I was like, like, oh my god, his little butt, it's so tiny. There it I feel is. Like they, there's no way that they don't put pads, because he looks exactly the same. He looks ex- maybe a little bit of a receding hairline, more or less, but like, sometimes I, I'm thinking like, some people I feel like smash vision in humanoid form, and some people are like, mm, 
I'd rather smash Vision as Vision like people do with, with Beauty and the Beast. They either want to smash Beast as Beast or they want to smash Beast as Adam. And like 90% of the time, they don't want to smash him as Adam. This is true. This is true. Uh, this this movie in particular was my first introduction um, to Paul. So w- seeing him as Vision, all I could think of was like, I've seen your butt. I saw your butt when I was a child. <laughs> so when you saw Mar- when you saw him as Vision, you were like, <gasps> butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's this. Okay, and I, I was telling you this before. It's this memory that I have. So like, I spent. A uh, majority of my teenage years in a small town in the panhandle of Florida. And I saw this movie in theaters in in the mall, <laughs> uh, which is really funny to to say out loud. Mall theaters. Do we remember these? Um, but it is just this core memory that I have of the music, the intro, the butt, the butt. And the um, the spin scene at the end, because it re- always reminded me, uh, I always equate it in my head to never been kissed. So oh. th- they are connected in my okay. head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I it's been forever since i seen never been kissed. But in hindsight, I don't think it. No, d- no, mm, no, does not hold up. <laughs> I don't think I want to. Does not so, hold up. Does not hold up. Oh, we digress. Yeah. Okay. We digress. Let's talk about A Knight's Tale. So let's talk about right away the gorgeous, I say this with a smile on my face, yellow font that we have. This is this is the craft. This is the classic Columbia Pictures. Mm-hmm. Classic yellow font. That's when you know it's a banger right there <laughs> is when you see the classic font. Um, so what what do we have? We have the the major themes of the movie right away. We have you have to be of noble birth to complete to compete, and uh, a man can change his stars, which are the themes of the whole movie, and they are right there for us. Bam, bam, bam. I know that seeing this in theaters when I saw this opening with Queen, I was like, what is going on here? And I also know that critics. At this point in the movie, we're like, also, what is going on here? Uh, Jess, what was your reaction? I was so excited. I, I mean, I've been, I was live texting you more or less for it. And I go, okay, I'm going to stop now. And I'd stop for a little bit. And then I'd freak out. I go, okay, I'm stopping again. Um, I, I loved how exciting it was because I love when movies, especially like a period piece, integrates like modern more or less because it was queen. But the movie came out in the early aughts. Um, it was modern music in a period piece. I love that. And, um, and, and, you know, we talk about it in Moulin Rouge also in our Moulin Rouge episode. And I love that Moulin Rouge does that. And it's funny. And we'll put it in the show notes. There's an article in Variety from last year because it was celebrating 20, 20 years uh, since A Knight's Tale. And the director of that film, he I guess there was a lot of commentary when the first se- season of Bridgerton came out saying, like, oh, my gosh, they're putting modern music with this classical take. And I was already familiar with that style because I'm a huge Gaga fan. So I love when I can hear like strings or piano of her music and just like just as background noise, too. And the director for this movie is like, I don't understand why people are kind of freaking out. Like, this is this isn't new. 
you know? And so I, I just love when a, a film can just put their their own little take on something that's out there because there are a ton of period pieces. There are a ton of medieval. There's a ton of knights and King Arthur tales that we have out there. But anytime you could find some sort of modern twist, which kind of makes sense because the demographic it clearly was targeting, that works for like that works for then and it works for now still because it's queen. And the director was saying too that the the reason that he chose the music was like very deliberate because having classical like classical music or like a lute or something wouldn't convey the right type of emotion that is necessary for a scene like that. So what do you need? You need like party like pump up music but like what uh, it's not really you know so what do you do you 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 put in what will make the audience feel the emotion that you need and that's what the director was saying and um my favorite detail about this opening is that you know we get the clapping we get queen but then we get close-ups of the extras like singing along and like you know like really into it or just like dancing around and i love I love that. It, it is just one of my favorite little details. And I just remember, as I was saying, the opening being like, whoa, what is this? I am fucking sold. And then just enjoying the hell out of this movie, which I think is if you if you are in the mindset for fun, you can't not have fun here. Right. No, you have to have fun. Um and as we know, like this was the first time I watched it. And I watched it twice. I watched it on Saturday to just enjoy it. I didn't want to take notes. And then I found myself trying to take notes. I go, no, stop. I don't want to stop the movie. I got to watch it all the way through. And then I went back today, Sunday, and I go, okay, now I can know which part. I could Because I, I also remembered which parts I wanted to focus on a little bit or some of the quotes. Um, but you have to have fun. You have to go into it to have fun because that's what the movie is. And if we're talking about fun... We can only start with Mr. Mr. Alan Tudyk. <laughs> he had I, red hair. I've never seen him with red hair. You've never seen him with red hair? He's Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. Um, so with, and he's got red hair. So it's, I yeah. We forgot that. I yeah. forgot he's Steve the Pirate. Steve the Pirate. He's got his red hair. Um, yeah. So Alan. You know, master of everything, chameleon, just, you know, God in disguise. Alan Tudyk is here and he's he's hysterical throughout. The fact that he wasn't Groot, like, I love that we have Vin Diesel as Groot, but I, the, I am surprised to this day that they didn't pick him out of the, the vault. Just absolutely wonderful. And, and just this cast in general. So, like, Shannon, Sossaman, and then Heath. Mark Addy, Paul, and then Alan. It's it's just absolutely fantastic and really crazy because it was the beginning for a lot of them, uh, their careers and and their, you know, all, hmm, R.I.P. Uh, you, you know, that's Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones. That's Vision. It's just it's just incredible. And then we have the Joker too. And then Shannon is steadily working it's just wild it is wild and i love early movies like this with a cast like this uh, where you're just like oh my gosh did any of them know you, you never know and i mean this was after um 
10 things, not, yeah, 10 things I hate about you, not long after. So it's everybody still re- referred to Heath specifically as like this up and comer. Like it's, and it's so weird that he was referred to as that, but it's always so fun to go back on a movie and be like, wait, I know all these people now. How did I, or I didn't recognize it then, of course, because you're kind of growing up with them. Like a perfect example, and she's not in this movie, obviously, but Zoe Saldana. She's in everything. How do you not pick up on that? And everybody acts like, oh, she's this thing. No, she worked her ass off. Do we have to center stage? I mean, <sighs> still such a god movie. Full stop. Center stage. All right. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Crossroads. <laughs> crossroads. Oh my God. Crossroads. Okay. No, 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 no. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving we're on. Gonna, yeah. We can't spiral. So we can't anyway. spiral. <laughs> we're moving on to, um, so Paul. Mr. Paul is playing um, Jeffrey Chaucer, Sh- Chaucer, Chaucer, Ch- uh, Ch- Chaucer. Yeah, we'll, Chaucer. we'll call him Jeff. We'll call him Jeff. <laughs> Let's just call him Jeff, so nobody gets on our ass about it. So Jeff, he's trudging. He's naked. He's a gambling addict. Um, so what is interesting about this is, of course, we know that he wrote Canterbury Tales in the first chapter in Canterbury Tales is called A Knight's Tale. Uh, so, it, you know, it's all connected. And when um, he says at the end, like, I should write this down, it's like a nice little like <laughs> bow because, you know, he does. Um, just just so, so really wonderful. And I, I really, really love that um, William, you know, Heath William just wants to be a knight right like he just he and there, he he has a heartbreaking line later on he's like i i won't run like i'm a knight and it's just like you know buddy you're not though but like legally but but yeah you know and <laughs> and i i feel really really bad for him and his his kind of like determination and struggle and like everything and like it's funny yes but it's also heartfelt um, it's just this really great performance by Heath, and I just it, it's it's like I want to rewatch all of his stuff to like keep him, but it's also so hard because it's it's you want you want more, and it's like we don't. It's it's just hard. You it's can't get hard. more. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just really difficult. Uh, let's talk about Jocelyn. Let's talk about Jocelyn. Her fashion, her hair, her sass. And her church scene because <laughs> which her, one? There's a couple of them that I love. We'll talk about all of them, but the first one, I, I just, I just love it. I love it so much. So, tell me, tell me about Jocelyn. How do you feel about Jocelyn? I love Jocelyn. She dishes it. She dishes it, and nobody knows how to take that. I didn't realize. I didn't know what she was. If she was a lady, if she was a dame, if she was a princess. Um, that was clarified that she is a lady because I, I knew she was somebody because she was always in the seats and she had her lady in waiting and and you know everybody's like you I will win this fight for you and now I'm all like I want to go to medieval times <laughs> but she she was just like spunk of fire and then when you know the part where uh where he follows her into the church on the horse amazing <laughs> and she's just laughing about it the whole time and of course who is she interested in the one person who didn't say I will win this fight for you because sometimes we're freaking difficult. <laughs> and the the priest comes up and she goes, "Why God must you curse me with a face like this?" <laughs> like, and she does like she goes, "Oh, it's such a 
this and nobody realizes that she's she's just being like sarcastic and facetious and everyone's like yes that's why you'll pray and soon you'll age and get old and ugly well and then she and then he gives her his hand to kiss and she looks at his ring and she goes that is lovely and then he snatches it back and she's just like fuck you she like fuck fucking you. kiss the ring one of my favorite things, and I do believe, Jess, that I was talking about this with you a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know if you made this connection, but when in this scene, uh, Heath William is following Jocelyn into the church, and he's like, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? And she's like, would you care if I were ugly? And he's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It reminds no, he, me. He, he said yes at first, and she goes, yes. Yeah. And, he's and like, he goes, no, no, no. Uh, but it reminds me doing. of a swan princess. <laughs> and it <laughs> yes, is just so exactly funny. It's so funny. I was just like, oh my gosh, is the parody all that matters? What else is there? What else is there? You should write a book, How to Offend Women in Five Syllables or Less. Oh my God, so fantastic. Uh, that's all I can think of there. And I, <laughs> I do want to note, I do want to note that um, – Jocelyn is wearing like a gable, like a like a gable hat interpretation okay. here, which um, I don't have any idea if that is period accurate. But this is set in the 1300s during um, Geoffrey Chaucer's lost year. That is like a fact. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was a bonnet. I hadn't, but I, I knew it wasn't, but it was very Handmaid's Tale. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was kind of curious about that, but. I was just like, this is a period piece, so I'm not going to ask. I'm going to keep watching. So, Jeffrey Chaucer, obviously, is like a WWE announcer for, <laughs> for William. He's the best type He's man. so I good. Love- <laughs> He's such a great, great, great hype man. Um, so, when he is talking, he, I, I don't remember specifically, but I wrote down the quote. Um, so... So Jeffrey is talking about something and he says, oh, well, you know, I I give the truth scope. And editor Sam was walking by in the room and he started busting out laughing. He was (laughs) like, that is absolutely hysterical. I give the truth like scope, like some, you know, some politician somewhere is going to use that. Uh, It was just really, really wonderful. Um, So there, obviously, because this is like set in medieval times, uh, there's a little joke here in when... um, I can't think of his name right now, but it's Mark Addy and Watt and William, and they meet Jeffrey and they say like, "Are you? Where are you going?" And they're like, "This is the road to like, ruin. It's the road to ruin. They're on the road to ruin. It's just a funny little little joke, little gag." Also, that they filled all the lances with uncooked linguine so that they would get explosions and stuff safely. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. I thought that was so cool that they hollowed the lances out to fill them with, like, to make them breakable. Like, I thought that was really, really cool. That was, like, one of those Amazon Prime facts or whatever that I saw. Yeah. But I really liked about – I just want to touch on um, Jeff as a hype man. I love the first 
hype specifically because he knew what he was doing. He addresses the people in the seat. He he addresses, you know, the people in their cushiony chairs, the royalty. He knows he has to. That's part of the gimmick. But then he gets the whole crowd involved to get them hyped up for this person that they don't even know. And that was just so strategic and brilliant. And that's exactly what you have to do. You have to, yeah, you have these people with the money and everything, but it's the crowd that at the end of the day, those are the people who you have to convince. And he did that. And every other person, even after Jeff did that, did not continue to do so. And he just constantly, because it's about that hype. That's you want, and, and you know, as we know with public opinion, they're so quick to turn because then when they, he was found, he wasn't Ulrich von Lichtenstein. They were throwing, throwing veggies at him. And then Prince Edward comes in and he goes, it's like you actually are a knight, and then they were all riled up again. <laughs> oh, I mean, the audience and general population are very fickle people. This is very true. This is very true. Uh, the audience is full of a lot of different people. The main cast is full of men with just a few women, which, you know, whatever. But we get the storyline of a really fantastic female armorer and i love yeah i love that that's in there and i love that the nike is in there they had to get that cleared like that was so fun and i love that you know she they're like did they say i can't do it you know and he uses reverse psychology kind of like a little way to get in there and then he was like they didn't bring you they just said your skill suck they told they didn't say anything about you being a woman and then she was still she was even almost offended at that Mm because she then she could have had something to say like oh they're not mentioning me because i'm a woman now she's like you're insulting my craftsmanship not my gender and that's where she and you know i i would have done the same thing yeah yeah Yeah, i would have been like oh well well, I, I just I just love it so much. And I love this little plot that is in here because it did not have to like this did not have to be there. You know, the, this little like women empowering like she can she's the best because she's the best. Like, well, then the same thing happens later when they're learning how to dance where um, which I just wanted to like punch punch Jeff where he goes you, you hit like a girl you know he's doing his little things and I was like I hate because I love the Nike you know funny you should say that because I love that Nike commercial um, and I'll find it and we can put it in the show notes where it's like the like a girl campaign mm-hmm. and it and you probably know what I'm talking about I do about. I remember so, so I think it was just a, like I was so angry about that like a girl like a girl and then here she is showing them how it's done like a fucking woman like it was just, I really, I really enjoyed that. Something that is very enjoyable that a woman also does is Jocelyn lets uh, Adamar mansplain the joust to her. And her face during that whole scene is hysterical. She, Her face is just like, what? It's just a stick. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it, it is... It is really fantastic because it turns into like a conversation about how William is like fearless and how he doesn't take his eye off the target and how he's really a hunter and and all of this like really, really great stuff. But then there's like all of this dick swinging too, right? It's like, like, oh, your armor is old and it has a shield and my grandpa could have it. And, and, and I just, you're just like, ugh, men, right? It's so cringy that, and, and even you can just, the insecurity, it just oozes off of him. 
because you're you're ta- you're attacking his armor really the ad hominem attacks are anytime somebody goes for that i just i get so i just roll my eyes because you don't have a leg to stand on kind of thing you 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 don't have anything worth showing if that's how you're attacking he has armor at least he's protected like you know I, I, that's how kind of how i how i see it and so the trope here is like what fake identity and like in insta love it's kind of insta love right but here's the thing i have no problem with this insta love because i too would have risked it all for well, 2001 he, Heath Ledger and and then at the same time when he's coming at you with the I still don't know your name. And she goes, okay, I'm not going to tell you. And he goes, but you know what? Maybe, maybe it's because angels don't need a name because they're beautiful. Like, okay. Yeah. Or he's like, <laughs> you remind me of the Bible. I'd been like, yeah, I'm interested. Tell me more. <laughs> you like, know, where, like, where are we going with, <laughs> like, where are we going with this? You beautiful, beautiful man. That's what I kept thinking every time they zoomed in on his face with the jaw and the freckles with the eyes and with the close-ups and with the hair. I was just like... Well, even Christiana to Jocelyn when she's like, oh, he's going to win. Adamar's like, he's going to win this in your honor. And she goes, he does nothing in anybody's honor but himself. And and Christiana's like, oh, but what if it was so-and-so? And you see her perk up, like, what about so-and-so? It just reminds me of... <laughs> middle school high school versions you're like oh wait well what do you mean he was talking about like what not that it matters but what was he saying if it did if only if it did (laughs) and then she gives him her scarf and and then you could see like the anger on her face when um adamar just is like oh you left something out there ah i hate him i hate him i hate every character he plays and he gets his, you know, you've been weighed, you've been measured, you've been found wanting, like the whole thing, you know, it's all circles, it all circles back, it all circles back. I want to talk about the the dance, the dance, because the, the so making, good. it's so good. <laughs> and okay, so the, the director said again about, um, so they, they started the dance off very formal, right, very stiff, very medieval, whatever. But then again, like, that's how it looks like to us. Uh, because we wouldn't be able to get down to like that type of music. So what the, what did the director do? The d- director, you know, melded the music together. And then after the dance was like created or whatever, showed them like actually getting down and like boogieing with the steps and stuff. And I love that because you do not see anything like that in other um like period pieces. You still do not. Yeah. Still, I can't think of like anything outside like this was 2001 and then i like just moulin rouge just really does stay at the forefront of my 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 head with this i can't think of anything since Mm -mm. and please if and and if there is please let us know because i would love to see it yeah because like i i can see where someone would say like oh well pride and prejudice and like the ballroom scene it's like yeah but this is this is different that's still traditional though yeah yeah, because like you could argue that they they we are not watching the people in Pride and Prejudice like get down and boogie, you know, just because that that's not the vibe of the setting where like here it's kind of like it, where it the, should, I, it should yeah. go in that direction. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like I I could see the argument, but you know it's it's whatever. But 
I, I just really love it. And I and I love the chemistry between Jocelyn and William. It's really great. And it makes sense that they, um, Heath and Shannon, played love interests in another movie together, um, also with Mark Addy. But, ugh. Well, when, when we talk about insta-love insta and the two characters, what I do appreciate is that when she finds out that Ulrich, like when Heath isn't Ulrich, but William. I do appreciate, and you know, and you kind of see that alluded that he didn't want to sign his name as Ulrich in the love letter and he didn't want to sign his name as William. So it's just like, you're, he signed it in a way that he, she would know it was referenced from him because it was, because even though he didn't necessarily write it and he wrote it with his, with his companions, um, that didn't take away that he, that those weren't his feelings because he still was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly how I feel like. Um, and when she came around and she found out his truth, she goes, but you're still, are you still the same person? Are you still the same soul? Are you still, like, that's who I love. I don't care what name you go by. You're still that person. So I really appreciate, I mean, I guess I know it's part of the trope, but I do, I do like it that they didn't make her finding out like that wasn't. The, like a betrayal. Right. It was just like... Which I hate. Like, I, I just finished... That happened a couple times when I was... I just kind of flew through a couple of romance books this week. And you know how I feel about a betrayal because it's one of those... If the communication was there up front, this all could have been avoided, but you try to figure it out on your own, <laughs> then it becomes a whole... Like, you just see it coming and you're just... You're, you're pounding your head. I mean, we did the same thing with Crescent City, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, and, and it doesn't exist here, and it's it's really nice. And, of course, we have to talk about Edward the Black Prince because, like, oh, my God, James, 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 you're so, so hot. hot. And oh. I didn't even realize because I looked up the name, and I go, why why is he so familiar? And I did the, you know, I watched on Amazon Prime, and he popped up, and I go, why don't, why do I not, know, why do I know him? And then you told me he's in sex education. I go, oh, my gosh, I didn't even put the two together. I couldn't eat he i mean he's still aged well i just he looks completely different i've seen him naked a lot i've seen a lot of his stuff where i've just seen him naked uh he's in rome which is really good he plays mark antony in rome and it's just like yeah i would risk it all yeah i really would because oh my god <laughs> especially in rome he's getting an oil bath that's like the first time we see him. He's totally nude and he's got all these people around him, like scraping oil off all of it. And he just, oh, ooh, yeah, yeah. But especially here, he's super, super hot in this role too, um, as the Black Prince. And I, okay, so we have that little like subplot where the Black Prince isn't supposed to compete, but he wants to compete and he's royal. And, you know, we have, I, I, I love that. Well, I love that. I'm going to be a real boy. Which I think is really funny because it balances off like um, uh, Adamar's plot, which is like, I'm a mean, evil print or general. Yeah, I'm a mean, evil general and I go to war, but I still read the tourney results because it's important. It's just really funny because around that same time, 
Jocelyn and William have like a fight about being like, you know, it's just a silly boy. And you're just a silly girl with a flower. And you're a silly oh, boy with a stick. Put- yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be a silly girl with a flower than a silly boy with a horse and a, a stick. stick. And Watt is like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Watt. Thank you, Alan, for just being so absolutely perfect. Um, I... And then, of course, we get to the letter, which you mentioned. And the letter is really great. And I really like how we get this scene with Watt and Jocelyn. And Watt is, like, selling it, right? Like, he's standing there while she's reading it. And he's just like, he was sobbing. Like, it was a mess. Like, you have no idea. And um, and then and then um, she kisses him. And then he has to go kiss William. And the look on William's face is just like, Ah, he like lights up and and anytime Heath Ledger like pulls that smile is just like that's what that is. <laughs> that, that should be the that should you know the TikTok audio that's yeah. going around right now. I mean, I know by the time this this episode comes out, it's gonna be past. Um, but that gutted feeling. Ugh. The gut the gutting, the gutting. That's that's really really what it is, how I feel like with the gutting. Uh I, um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm no, laughing. I just love hearing you laugh. It's I'm, so sweet. I'm, I'm laughing because when Jocelyn and William like fight or, or, okay. So, so we have the letter, right? The letter goes out and it's like, you know, come see me. We haven't seen each other. We had this fight, you know, and they come back together and um, and they, she's demanding poetry. I want poetry. I demand poetry. I demand poetry. And what is he? He's like, uh, you know, I will win this for you by the power of my arm and like my horse's flanks. And she's like, <laughs> and your breasts, your throat your, is and, above your throat. Yeah, and and your your breasts, <laughs> your throat is above your breasts, and it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> And I love where, like, they're just getting riled up. I do like this where we're, she goes, um, somebody tries to quiet her down when they're in the church. And she's like, do not judge me and spare him. Now be gone. Go. Just get away from me. I love that. That's how I want to dismiss people from now. Well, and also before that happens, they they, they keep fighting. Jocelyn and William keep fighting. And um, she's like, uh, oh, and he's like, well, a man's day is fuller. I have more demands on his time. And she's looking at him like, just keep going. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, because she goes, why? Why is everything around me? Should it be based? Why should the demands be around a man's schedule? Yeah, yeah. I I have the quote, your breasts are below your throat. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. good Because I... (laughs) I'm telling you, if... I feel like somebody is that is a lost opportunity if people are like either sexting or try to slide into the DMs. And if somebody used that as a pickup line, it would you would have to know that they're not being serious and they're trying to see like if you get their humor because that's so funny. Uh, you oh you say uh, get their humor. Uh, so as I was watching this, I noticed several. Several instances where Alan Tudyk as Watt broke or almost broke character while he was like yelling at Chaucer. Uh, and 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He so it was a lot of the times when they were yelling, when he was like yelling, like pain, lots of pain, and funging. Um, and he would like grab him and like yelling, and he would break, and he he would what? be like, he would start smiling and about to laugh, and Paul would be like, and then something else would happen in the scene to kind of like. Pull away, pull back it, in. yeah. But it it happens at least three times, uh, and it is really, really funny. Um, and it's not something that people talk about. However, this is also one of those movies that I love, like so dearly that I don't read a lot of like commentary about it or like other people's opinions about it, just because like it is it is a gem. It is a gem. It reminds me, and I don't. It could be you know how sometimes on the weekends. Um, I guess, like, even at night, too, E will do, like, movies that we love, and then they'll play a movie, and then they just kind of have that movie on repeat for the whole, like, the second it ends, it starts back over. This movie reminded me of that type of, like, you could always just keep on in the background and just always be playing. So, Jess, tell me your opinions about this wager that is made uh, right before it's like, no, don't shush me and not him. But they make a wager here. It's a prove your love type situation. And it's, in my opinion, a little toxic. What do you think? Oh yeah, it's toxic, but I, I, I don't, because even at the end, not at the end, but after he lost time and time again, it then, Christiana came up. She goes, you better not lose anymore. And even the guys are, were thinking, what the hell? Just Fuck make that. up your mind. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one's like, just just go with it. Just It, it reminded me of that quote that some people use where it's like, happy wife, happy life. Like, just go with it. If you do what you're told, you are going to be fine. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. But then I was trying to think of, would I do this? <laughs> And then I'm going, okay, let's say I do do this and I made that you need to lose everything to prove me wrong. Knowing myself, even if he did that, I would I, I would use it the rebuttal. I can't believe you couldn't even stand up to me. What co- You are a little bit. <laughs> I yeah. just know myself a little bit. I know myself enough that I could I could propose that and somebody would listen to me and I go, what kind of person are you that you couldn't even stand your own ground against you know i just i know myself like that which is my own toxic trait so there's a little bit of toxicity going all around here well kind of piggybacking off of that um william says something that's really interesting he says uh more or less and i'm paraphrasing because i didn't write it down but it says like jocelyn makes him feel alive makes him feel like fear and passion which is just the the very very classic manic manic pixie dream girl situation here um, but do you think that she is? Because I didn't get that impression from her. I but have if we an, go I, by that definition. I have an interesting take on this that I will circle back to at the end um, about this. And I have it in my notes. Don't worry. I, I will remember. I will remember. I promise. Um, so, so yeah. So, Jocelyn does do this. Like, prove your love and lose. And then prove your love and win. And then it's... Um, Sexy she, time. And then a sexy time. And then she goes and bangs him. And like. But she was even like over it. He was like, what? What do you want now? Like, what do you want? And I do like when he, <laughs> when he, when, um, um, Chaucer is like, you know, there she is, your Venus, your Aphrodite, your lady love. And he's like, how I hate her. Like, I do appreciate <laughs> him just being like, fuck, damn it. 
Um, but, but you know, that, that, that's great. That, that's great. And, but she does say like, I, Jocelyn, your prize. Um, and he's like, I'm not worthy. And, you know, the, and then they have all of this. And then she says, um, you know, I have heard, and you, you said this earlier that, you know, sometimes when you're alone, your friends call you William. Is that true? And then she says like, your name makes no matter to me. Um, and I, I am, Saying this because I'm I'm going to circle back to it because it, it goes back into the manic pixie dream girl situation. Um, we haven't talked about the dad storyline in this in this movie, the sad dad plotline. Um, we can touch on it. It's sad. He's a Thatcher. He gave his kid away for a better life. He's blind. Comes back. Uh, very sad, it was very emotional. It was, yeah, yeah, it was totally emotional the first time, like the first time I saw it because I just wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. But it is a selfless moment for the parent to be like, "This is my kid's dream. I'm going to do what I need to." And even the quote where he goes, like, he's like, "What if I don't know how to get home?" And it's like you put, you know, you put one foot in front of the other, and you'll get there. You know, just, just keep keep chugging along and i thought that was just really nice and you know even though he couldn't openly say that he was william at the time when he returned um he he said like that code phrase that only he and his father knew you know and i thought that was really special it was it's very special very emotional uh but count adamar uh, is a little little asshole, even though he's like Rufus is gorgeous in this movie, by the way, with the he's curls, the eyes. He's scary. Yeah. He's did you scary. ever see Blessed the Child with him? No. I he did plays not. like a terrifying stepfather and it's all it's it's kind of a mixture. I mean, you would probably like it. It's like super like religious like religion focus. Um but he's terrifying in it. And I saw it when I was, I don't know, however old I was. I was young. And I haven't been able to see it since because there's one scene that, like, one of the people is, like, lobotomized with knitting needles into Jesus. their eyes. Like, that's how they were killed. Ooh. They weren't even, it wasn't even a lobotomy. And that scene has stuck with me for the last 20 years. Yeah, well, yeah. I I believe that. Holy shit. I Sorry, believe that. I like this the whole time. Yeah. It's not a scary movie. It's more like suspense. Still. But still. You know how sheltered I was. So to like go from nothing to that, I was like, Ugh. That's fair. This is all this is all very fair. Uh, so Count Adamar. Very scary man. Um uh, uh, yes. I have a question. There was a scene where and I don't know if it was like he had, it was before they figured out William was his last was William that they realized that. So him and his like fake hype man, who <laughs> the fact that he had to talk about his manhood as part of the hype speech died. Like I died. Cause you knew that wasn't even the truth. Um, they're going through like the, I guess you could say barracks more or less. And they're going through papers and he's just like going through the papers. He's like, Ulrich, Ulrich, Ulrich. Like he's saying it manically with anger. Are those those are legit documents uh, showing who won each of those games? I guess more or less, right? Yeah, the tournament results. Oh, okay, the tournament results. So he was just frustrated that Ulrich kept winning. Winning. Yeah, he's a stupid boy in the middle of a war, looking at his like. I was just like, that's yeah, that's what. Like, I just wanted to make sure that that those were the papers, those were Mm -hmm. the results, those weren't like. The forging of his lineage. That was that was the one thing I couldn't 
I, I just wasn't firm on. Just like he was stuck at the front while, and while he wasn't there, Oluk was winning everything that he was winning, you know. Like, oh, because he was, he's doing this between yeah. the war as opposed to um, William, who's there every time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But because he's a general, it, it's like when the military goes on military leave and then they can come back whenever they need to come back. Yeah. Okay. But also the the Black Prince has a little part in it because the Black Prince is the one who pulled him back to the war. And, you know, so the Black Prince okay. is like doing him a solid kind of, you know. Because oh, like yeah. because when because from the first tournament, when he battled the Black Prince, he was like he goes like he was hurt, but he goes. I've never not finished a match. Mm-hmm. So then he, that was the whole. He showed mercy, and it was that was where he goes. This is good people. You are good mm-hmm. people. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's that's how that okay. was. Um. So then Count Adamar, who cheats, right? He finds out, and then he he tells everybody about uh, William's heritage. But uh, before that, he there's there's this really funny line where they're watching they're um Adamar and his like squire and stuff are watching William joust and they're just like how would you beat him how would you beat him he's like with a stick while he slept <laughs> but on a horse that man is unbeatable and that's what um kind of makes him count Adamar like follow him and find a different way to beat him because he realizes that he'll never beat him in a fair fight on a horse which also uh, makes him do the spun sugar, um, spiky, spiky in it, which is interesting because spun sugar is what was used as the bottle when Fez hit Nate over the head with the bottle in season two, episode one of, of Euphoria. Was, of Euphoria. It was spun sugar and, um, That's, Jacob huh. Alordi and, and, um, Angus Cloud both said that like, Everybody said it was fun sugar. It was hard shit. <laughs> so that's um, the the kind of thing I had in the back of my head when I was rewatching this. I was just like, wow, these these boys on Euphoria said that it was hard as shit. So I, I bet it hurt. Yeah, especially. And that's with people who are, you know, mm-hmm. you have stunt doubles and you have all these uh, kind of like rules and regulations in place. So Imagine if that was the case back in the day where nothing was regulated. And that scene is actually foreshadowed, and I didn't realize it till again, my second rewatch, where Adamar is mansplaining to Jocelyn about, like, she was like, well, how doesn't anybody get hurt, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, it always has to be, it mm-hmm. has to be, like, a blunt edges. And then... Um, accidents do happen. Accidents do, ha- but you know, accidents do happen. So I mean, it's all foreshadowed there, and I didn't realize it till the second rewatch. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting, but I, I just go back to, and this is like, yes, it's in reference to this, but it's also a reference to life, where when people have to sink to a certain level, um, to make themselves and just position themselves better, it is so. Cr- like, I don't want to say crazy, but it's just like, it's just a testament to who that person is that they have to kind of lean or sink to these levels because they don't trust that they're what they're capable of or, um, or their talents. Like, it, that's just, you know, I mean, you know, it's part of life, but I just, it's just a frustrating thing where you're like, you don't trust yourself mm-hmm. to be able to do the damn thing. So you have to be a piece of shit. 
Yeah, you have to be a piece of shit. You have to get William like arrested as soon as he like goes out to to ride. And this is what I'm circling back to when I mentioned it just a little bit earlier. I'm circling back to the idea of Jocelyn being a manic pixie dream girl, of of William being aware of it and aware of their situation. This speech that happens right here with Jocelyn and, you know, William and his friends is Really interesting and one of my favorite kind of like movie speeches, which is weird because it's, you know, this is not like a super serious movie, but um, they're all telling William to run, right? They're like, run, run, William, like run. You you have to live that you will die here, like run. And, and William's like, no, I, w- I won't run. Like, I've never run from anything. And they're like, damn your pride, William. You need to run. And he's going around everybody. Like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And he's like, Jocelyn, like, you would see me run. And she's like, yes, run and I will run with you. And and he's he does exactly what I would do. He's just like, really, he's just like, no, like, what is wrong with you? Where are we? This is this is what I have down. Where are we going to live? I have no money. You have never been poor. Like, where are we going to live? With the pigs in the winter in the same house? And she's like, yes, William, with the pigs. Yes, with in the winter. Yes, William, with the pigs. And he's just like, no, you do not understand this situation. And, and it, it's just it's just really it's really great. Because right now she only knows privilege and she yeah. doesn't know anything outside. Like, she doesn't know what she doesn't know. And she, and you know, you could say like, oh, you're living, you're living a fantasy in your head. What you think and what reality is are two different, what you think reality is and what reality actually is are two different things. Yeah. And she says like, damn your pride. Um, You know, they, and he's like, they can't take my pride from me. And she's like, they can take your pride. They can, and they will take your pride. And they can't take the, they can't take our love from you. And he's just looking at her like. You you fucking crazy like that is not what this is like and, and 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 it and it really kind of turns on its head this like she might be like a manic pixie dream girl in this situation because because she doesn't like grasp and he's the one that is just in like this in this instance yeah you mean. this okay. this very specific instance here okay. and it, and it's just really great to have the man the man just be like. We can't do this. That's what I was going to say. So even if you were saying, like, that's how she's acting, he's not reacting the way you typically see, like, males towards Mm -hmm. a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. He's just like, no, no, no to all of no to all of this. Big no. And and I, I really like it a lot. And you don't see it. Um, you, you, you just, you just don't see it a lot of times and, and it's just really great. And he's like, no, I will not run. And he's like, I'm a knight. And his voice breaks and you're just like, ah, Heath, <laughs> Heath, geez. Right. Right. Like he's so good. But then we get him in the stocks, you know, we get that great scene in the stocks and, and like, you know, Edward comes so hard and he gives that great speech and he's just like, I found him. He's an ancient royal line. Like, and then he says a really he great. He totally pulled that out of his ass. Out too, of his know? ass. But nobody was going to question a no, prince because he says the line, and it's a line that I wrote down because it's a great word that you don't hear a lot. He's like, and uh, you know, it's my word, and my word is beyond 
contestation. Yeah, I've never heard that word before. Yeah, and it's just like, you can't contest the word of the prince. Like, fuck you. Like, I really liked that. It's just so, so great. So hot. He's right? so hot. You know what? That was a moment. <laughs> this is so stupid. That was also a moment where I go, I got, I got a prince. And then I got Heath Ledger, who's now officially a knight. And it reminded me of, remember the conversation we had uh, talking about Bridgerton, where you had you had the Duke, but then you also had a prince, and you're in that moment where you're like, ooh, ooh. usually I know you lean more royal, but in this instant, you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's very, yeah, it's like, ooh, ooh. Uh, and then, of course, we have Prince Edward being like, yeah, so like, now that you're knighted, you're gonna like, you're gonna go take care of business, which is so funny, because like, it's just a tournament, it's just a game, boys, like, but it's like, you're gonna go kick his ass? Like, Sure, sure. Like that's that's why, because I can't, as prince, I can't do it. Yeah, no, for, yeah, for, for real. Politically speaking, I can't. But <laughs> if you want to do it for me. And then, of course, there is the final, this final joust, right? Like, Adamar cheats. Uh, William is hurt. It's through the armor. He can't breathe. He takes it off. I okay. Did it? I thought that that fully went through the armor. So I'm immediately thinking, don't remove the stick because then it's just going to be this Monty Python spewing of blood. And every time you see like medical medical professionals, if you're impaled with something, not impaled in the in the smut sort of way, which is still does not sound enjoyable, but like medically impaled with an object, they tell you do not remove it because you don't know how it's like it's currently kind of being clotted based on the object there. So I was under the impression when he got when he got the first lance through him that that's what happened. Did it go full because it went through the armor. This is me just being technical. Yeah, this is not important. This is (laughs) not important. It's supposed to be fun. And in it was sugar, so I imagine that like eventually it would just like, Blow. right? Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Uh, they don't know it's sugar though. No, but it's also the 13th century, so like they didn't know about germs. So <laughs> who gives a shit? They had the plague. Yeah. But so do we now? <laughs> so it is. It is what it is. But we have this. We have this great final joust, and you know, Jocelyn goes and brings William's father. And William, like, ties the lance to his arm. It's this whole, like, really dramatic thing. Um, and he just beats the shit out of him. And it's so great. And they're chanting William instead of Ulrich. And, and then Heath does that really big, like, William! Like, very dramatic, <laughs> like, scream. And it's, like, slow motion. He's riding the horse. And he's, like, screaming. And I was just like, this is so emotional for a teen movie. But, oh, it was really good. Um, and then, it, you know, he's and then Adamar is knocked on his ass you know really dramatically flips over and then he does the whole you know you've been weighed and measured and found wanting and it's just oh it's really good and then jocelyn comes down in her yellow dress and they do the spin the spin it's you know moulin rouge has never been kissed it's all the things but it's such a great such a great little spin um so we are the champions like like how fantastic is that how fantastic is that so it was such a fun movie. Now I have to ask: Did you stay for the end credit scene? I watched them all the way through. <laughs> Making sure I, I wasn't. I, I initially wasn't intending to, but then um, shook you all night long started playing, and I was. I, I I didn't even care. I was gonna watch, and then I just kept. I think I just let it play in the background, and then and then the 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 like the I don't. 
it was just like them kind of just like fucking around at the yeah, end. Yeah, they making were farting. Fart yeah. yeah. And because I heard things, I go, there's no way. This is pre Marvel days. Nobody would have sat through and <laughs> seen the end. I was just, I was just like, oh, good thing I left the credits roll. It's just like a fun little, it's just this fun little thing that you would just never, I don't know. I don't, as I said earlier, I don't really like talk about this with a lot of people because it's very special, but um, just putting it out there. Jess, did you like this movie? I liked it. I already watched it twice in the last 24 hours. It was fun. My only critique, and I'm sure that you, you can kind of negate this with the one. There's no, there's no, there's no diversity. I mean, Jocelyn is technically, and so is Christiana. Um, but like... Not that I, not that it's acceptable. I don't know if it's just like a critique of the times because it was two thousand one. Like, you know, and somebody could argue like, oh, well, at this part of the thirteenth century, you know, the fourteenth century, and this part of Europe, you know, I, I feel like historians could disprove that too. I, I, I'm not just historians. Anybody looking, um, that's my only thing. But I think it's also because I'm more aware that I'm like looking, I'm looking for it, whereas people weren't openly having those conversations in 2001 yeah i'm thinking like they filmed in the czech republic right and set in the 13th century where were they, it's they supposed were, to be france going towards to england like, yeah france paris england yeah i mean to some extent but not right yeah no no but then again this is a relic of the times and it is a time capsule of heath ledger so right. oh Oh, thank you for making me not making me, but I'm glad you you it really kind of spurred just I go, wait, can we can we watch this? Can we I don't know what it can be, but I want to watch it. it. I think it's an important little like piece of uh, pop, pop culture, culture history. Yeah, that people should watch because, you know, these people, some of these people are very famous now. Heath obviously uh, was the Joker and was amazing and groundbreaking in that. And it is just so fun. I mean, Alan has been secretly in everything. If you are unfamiliar with the um, extensive catalog of work that Alan Tudyk has, please IMDb him. You'll be there for a while. Most recently in Kanto, I never remember who he was in Kanto, but I remember seeing him on the cast sheet. I go, what? He's in it. Same in Moana. Like he's in, a, he's in everything. He's truly, and he finds he is, he finds a way to get his paycheck. Yeah, yeah. He's starring in Resident Alien right now, and he uh, was just. In- he's really popular on the con scene. If you're not, if you ever do different like conventions, like pre-COVID, you could almost guarantee if there was a con, he would be there. Yeah. Like, it was never, you know, he was one of those people that I never have actively met at a con, sought an autograph, sought a photo, because in my head I thought, I'll get him next time. I'll get, I always knew. Same thing was with Stanley and Carrie Fisher and, well, RIP. I, I, I feel like we should fight that urge from now on. <laughs> Whenever you're like, I should get it, and he was like, no, I need to get no, it right get now. It now. <laughs> right now, right sign now. a picture of Hey Hey. Yeah, gosh. Or my shirt, my hey, hey shirt you have. He would. You, you know, he would. He would. He would love that. Um, so I obviously love this movie. Uh, this movie is very, like, formative. But I feel like a lot of movies are formative for me. I'm very um, uh, in, in 
easily influenced. I was going to say influential, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Easily influenced. But I feel like also with like, you gave some background. I feel like any of time that when, we're both from small towns in Florida. So when you have those pop, I mean, what else is going on mm-hmm. um, besides going to a mall, a theater at the mall? Um, you, you lean on these, you know? Oh, man. Oh, it's so, so so fantastic. I'm so glad that you enjoyed this. I'm so glad that it held up as well as it did. Yeah. They, I mean, it really, really did. And it, and it's still fun. And you can tell that the cast had fun. You can tell it was just like everyone had chemistry and it was laughing. And it's just so endlessly rewatchable. And the cast is so pretty. I just am just, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And Mark Addy, you know, we we love Mark Addy. Um, You know, R.I.P. Robert Baratheon. That's all I have to say. I guess that's a Game of Thrones reference that Mm -hmm. I'll eventually get. (laughs) One day, one day. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Feel free to leave a five-star review if you should choose on whatever listening platforms that you listen to and receive reviews um we'll talk to y'all soon thanks for joining us thank you Bye. bye